When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are continuing our horror celebration with a look at the Final Destination franchise. If you don't know what Final Destination is, which I'll be surprised if you don't, but if you don't, Final Destination is an American horror franchise with five films, two comic books, and nine novels. It is based on an unproduced spec script by Jeffrey Reddick. A writ that was originally written for the X-Files television series and was distributed by New Line Cinema. All of its five films are set around a small group of people who escape impending death after one individual sees a sudden premonition and warns them about a major disaster that is about to happen. After avoiding their foretold deaths, the survivors are killed one by one in bizarre accidents caused by an unforeseen Oh, sorry, by an unseen force creating complicated chains of cause and effect resembling Rube Goldberg machines and then read omens sent by another unseen entity in order to again avert their deaths. In supposedly if you avert one death, then it skips the next person in line. Almost all of the movies, the deaths would take place, like the deaths after they avoided death would take place in the order they were supposed to die. I believe it's the second one that it's actually a little bit out of order in that one. But for the most part, it's like that. I'll go over really quickly each one. And um, we didn't have a winner. They were all tied. I asked who everyone's favorite is. And I'm going to ask my panelists who opening was. And they all tied. So I have no winner. <laughs> Everybody loves them. Uh, but the first one is a plane crash. Second one is a highway accident, which, you know, there's always those memes that you didn't if you didn't grow up with this movie, you wouldn't understand why when you're driving on the highway and you see a car with logs on it that you instantly switch lanes. Uh, the third one is at an amusement park with a roller coaster ride. The fourth one is at a racetrack. And then the fifth one is a bridge collapse in the San Francisco area. And what we're going to do today is we're going to, this is going to be a really, really laid back fun episode we're not going to really like critique these heavily. I mean, I'm going to ask people who their least, what their least favorite one is, and we are going to be spoiling these. So we are going to spoil the twist in the fifth one, because the fifth one does end on a twist that if you pay attention through the whole thing, after you've known it, especially you can tell <laughs> why, where that twist is coming from. 
um, because of certain things they sprinkle throughout. So if you don't want to be spoiled for that one or for any of these, then go watch them and come back later and listen to the podcast. But before we dive into these films or before we, oh gosh, what would be a clever, before we try to avoid, I don't know. I don't know a clever one for the final destination entry. No, no, we could say like before we reach the final destination oh, of yeah. this yeah. podcast, that or before we meet our maker. Ooh, that was thank good. you, Bart. Thank you. That was that was a lot better. So thank you to my panelists. So before we do meet that final destination with our maker, I want to ask my two panelists, my two amazing panelists, what they are into right now in pop culture. So Kimberly, who hasn't been on in a while, who is mm-hmm. Bex's co-host from Big Reputations Pod. It's nice to have you back. It's nice to be here. So what are you into right now? All things spooky. So like I lean very hard into <laughs> Halloween. Like I love October. So if anyone recommends me something horror related, like I'm watching it. I saw Barbarian twice because I was very obsessed with it. Um, I just watched The Watcher, not the Netflix show, but there's a movie that came out in like mm-hmm. January. Um, I love that. Um, I just watched Significant Other has the same actress. I love that too. So like anything spooky this month, like aggressively spooky. <laughs> Awesome. Yes, we are big fans of Barbarian. I will not stop talking about that movie. I think it is amazing. We did a special live stream with Susie talking about that and going into all of the twists. So it's a spoiler filled one, which you should not be spoiled for anything if you go see that movie. But that one is coming to HBO Max October 25th. So if you haven't seen it, look for it there. Although I do think it does, if you feel comfortable, benefits from having an audience. But it's still a hoot, a hoot. It is a hoot. <laughs> we laughed a lot. There's a lot that you had <laughs> in it. But it's also, it's just so well done. Love that movie so much. So, Susie, what are you into? Yes. So I mentioned in um, our Child's Play, in the Child's Play episode, that I was, I started watching season two of Dead and Paranormal Park. And I just finished it and oh my god. It emotionally wrecked me. I was watching that final episode and just tears coming down my face. I'm like, I'm hugging my dog, Benny, and we're just sobbing into his fur. And he's looking at me like, are you insane, woman? What is happening? And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my, this is all the feels. Oh, my God. It's just, it's, the season was so good. And it's so great. And I want a season three. Now, please, Netflix, if you cancel the show, these hands are rated E for everyone. I'm coming for (laughs) you. Please give me a season three. (laughs) And a reminder again, and I apologize because on our Child's Play episode, I mispronounced Zach's last name. And I should have known better because I did research that before I interviewed him. But just a reminder that I did interview one of the stars of uh, Dead End Paranormal Park, Zach Barrick, who is just an amazing, amazing human being. So please go back and listen to that interview as well. And what I'm into is, I don't know if either of my panelists ever watched, there was a show, well, Susie, it was on before you were born, Susie. (laughs) And I, I don't, I don't know Kimberly's age range, so I'm, 
I only know Susie's because of having her on here. Um, but there was a show that was hosted by Freddy Krueger back in the late 80s to early 90s called Freddy's Nightmares. And I always wanted to rewatch this series and I could never find it anywhere. Well, God bless Tubi because Tubi has it right now. So go watch that. It's cheesy as hell, okay? <laughs> because it is late 80s, early 90s. The effects are cheesy, but it's fun. And Freddy hosts each one. The first one is about Freddy Krueger before he was killed. So it's, it's, it's an interesting series. So go check that out on Tubi. Okay, let's get into Final Destination. And um, I wanted to also just give a little bit of a trivia that I didn't give in the beginning here. It was a spec script, like I said, that was supposed to be an episode of The X-Files. And Jeffrey Reddick, who wrote that, wrote it after he read a story about a woman who was on vacation and her mom called her and said, don't take the flight tomorrow. I have a really bad feeling about it. The woman switched flights and the plane she was originally supposed to take crashed. So that's where the idea came from. As far as I know, nothing like what happens in Final Destination happened to her. But it was an interesting concept that he liked. So I want to know, Kimberly, what are your thoughts on having a series that centers on death and death being actually the killer? I love 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 this concept i think that's what makes it different from other horror films because you can't fight it or outrun it doesn't matter if you're like athletic or like fat like you can't escape death like you have to be smart you have to be clever to like trick death like you can't have a gun like that's not gonna help you like you have to be logical like all the main characters have been like very logical people and i really like that concept mm-hmm yeah logical that's that's the great way to put it yeah because you can't really shoot death <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so Susie what are your thoughts I do think it's really cool to have kind of like a whole series where death is in a way the main antagonist because in other kind of like slasher films the slashes themselves are kind of agents of death so it is really cool to have death be kind of the main character and have it have it carrying out like these kills and also like Kimberly said, death is like the one sure thing that we have. We all, we're all born and then we all die. And you can't really outrun it because what are you going to do? Live forever? It's not a possibility for, for, I think, anyone unless you're one of those like really weird jellyfish that apparently can just regenerate its cells and live forever. The ocean is weird, man. I don't trust it. <laughs> the Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, I remember when the first one came out and seeing it in the theater and I'm afraid of flying. I will fly, but flying terrifies me. And that opening plane crash scene was so flipping realistic looking to me and so terrifying that I was on edge from then on out throughout that first one. And it is a very, very interesting killer to have because, like has been mentioned, you can't, you can't like, you know, reason with death. You can't um, fight death as far as like physically. So you do have to use your instincts and your logic. And then it's also talking about, you know, I think, you know, not to look too deep into these movies, but also talking about how we are always trying to outrun death anyway as human beings. 
And I think that's a lot of what this is also talking about. And, um, you know, and then, of course, it just gets a little bit crazier and crazier as it goes on. And, you know, the deaths and we're going to be mentioning three of our favorite kills and stuff because you kind of do have to do that in these because it just kind of goes to these places where you're like, oh, my gosh. But it's things also that you don't even think about, but actually could potentially happen. A lot of these, some of these, maybe not, but a lot of these could potentially happen. But it is an interesting antagonist to have because you're never going to see them. You're never going to know exactly where they're coming unless you read the signs like some of them start doing. So, yeah, keeps you on the toe on your toes the whole time. So, like I mentioned in the beginning, there each one opens, of course, with someone having a vision of what is going to happen, impending doom, impending death, huge deaths. A lot of these openings are based on real life things that did happen, like uh, the plane crash is based on a real plane crash, which, you know, like I said in the beginning, that's where he came up with the idea. Um, and then the the pileup is actually based on a real pileup that did happen in Georgia. So a lot of these are based on actual things that did happen. Of course, I think they do kind of exaggerate some of them, especially as you're going along. But I want to know, so out of plane crash, pile up on the highway, uh, the amusement park, racetrack, or bridge, Kimberly, do you have a favorite opening? So mine was a tie because I, <laughs> I just, I couldn't decide. So it's between Foundation 2 and Foundation 5. So the highway crash only because like, so I wasn't driving then. I literally just got my license in May. So like I'm a brand new driver, but there are things that like, I do not do. Like there are no loose bottles. There are no loose bottles. There are no lids off drinks. Like there are things that you just don't do while driving. And like, <laughs> I learned that from that movie, but in front of station five, the bridge collapse is so insane like the way that people almost get saved but then like die so violently and so quickly like mm -hmm. there's a cable that comes and like smashes someone in half like it's it definitely had me like on the edge of my seat so it's it's between those two I'm kind of leaning more towards five but two has like taught me life lessons <laughs> so it's between <laughs> one of those two <laughs> You know, it's funny because you say that stuff and I have seen, you know, two a number of times mm -hmm. and I still will drive around with, with, <laughs> with drinks. With lips no, never. Lips. Like I have specific but, bottles for like the car. Like I said, I just started driving, but like everything is in like a bag in the backseat. Like nothing is loose. Like there's not going to be any sort of like bottle rolling underneath like the brake that I can't stop. Like I'm very paranoid and seeing that movie I was just like oh so these things can happen so like let's let's just avoid the risk and let's like be safe about it <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mean you're being smarter than like me <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's true you are you are so and once we get to me I do have a message from Sasha who was supposed to be on here that has to do with, with one of these openings so <laughs> don't worry she's fine but <laughs> So is she is she though <laughs> is she though <laughs> oh see and like it's also a tie for me as well but i'm leaning more towards one than the other so for me it'd be either the logging incident in final destination two or the roller coaster in final destination three and listen 
Final Destination 2 like shaped a whole generation's fear over <laughs> logging trucks or just trucks with stuff like behind them and we cuz oh there's this there's this this guy on TikTok made a song called Truck That I Don't Trust <laughs> and the lyrics of it are basically around like the whole like the whole final destination of it all. And he's singing like, if you have a, if you have a couch, just barely tied down. If you have a bunch of branches, some plywood, just hanging out, you're a truck I don't trust. And I'm going to move into the next lane. And even, even a friend of mine and I were talking about this someone recently where um, she's an artist and she, she was making her own canvas and she had the wood hanging out in the back of her car. And she goes, I was just thinking, man, I need to unload this quick because I don't want a final destination myself as I'm driving down the road. <laughs> and yeah, that, like, I think that this, I think probably that initially that, that first scene in two more than anything I think it really kind of kind of in a way traumatized us all but we're like okay I'm behind a logging truck I'm just gonna move into the next lane goodbye sir I don't want to be behind <laughs> but but three three is kind of especially traumatizing for me because I hate roller coasters you will never catch me on a roller coaster I think there are better ways to get that kind of like adrenaline high than riding a, a, a ramshackle metal cart over some some rickety beams and tracks I uh, I just Oh no. Like I don't care if you're Disney, if you're a carnival that's in town for a day. It's I'm not trusting you if you have a roller coaster. I'm never getting on one, just period. So that one really kind of stayed in my head. It's like, oh yeah, see, this is why I don't like them, because these things will happen. So Sasha, like I said, was supposed to be here and going to playing on Final Destination 2, which is the one that I think most people mention more than even the first one, which is always interesting to me. Um, But Sasha said Sasha should have been here, but a logging truck known as work took her out this week. (laughs) So she apologizes. She really did want to be here, but she's just been swamped with work. And I I agree. I think the best opening as far as like, even though I think the first one is really freaky too, I do think the the pileup is really scary because of the fact that, you know, you drive, usually you're in cars and vehicles more than you are in like a plane, say, unless you're like a flight attendant or something. And so you're in those situations so often And, you know, you'll be behind cars and trucks and stuff that have loose things all the time. Like, it's a pretty common thing. So when you see that in a film, when people are going way too fast and all these other different ways that people are dying, and to me it seems very realistic, like stuff that could actually happen. Maybe not as much of the blowing up stuff, because I know it takes a lot more than that usually for, I believe, from what I've heard. I'm not saying I know, but... Uh, from what I've heard, but still the stuff with the log, you know, there, there are, you know, I've read things about that, that loose things and things flying off of cars actually do cause a lot of accidents and can lead to a lot of accidents. So it's terrifying and it looks so realistic 
that it's hard to not feel like it could actually happen. And then it can change the way you look at driving, even though obviously I haven't learned everything that like Kimberly took in <laughs> and decided to actually be smarter than me. <laughs> well, I'm just remembering now because it was because nothing happened, but me and my husband were driving on the highway and a like a metal work ladder fell off mm-hmm. someone's truck. And like we all drove over it because it was we were going too fast to slow down. Like we were on a highway and it was just like, holy crap. Like if that ladder could have like fell a different way, like we would have all been screwed. Like all of us just drove over it. But like, that's terrifying that it just flew off someone's truck. And like, that was just a regular day, you know, like mm-hmm. worst things could happen. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so- that reminds me one day I was driving to like drop off, um, my rent and I was behind this like this truck that had all this debris for I think from a demolition house and it was driving along none of it was secured which I think is like it was, and a door came flying out of the truck out of nowhere and almost hit my car and on the time I was on the phone with my mother and I remember I was like driving and I go oh my god is that a door and then just me screaming and swerving to a point <laughs> And, and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, she goes, Lana, what happened? What happened? And I'm like, a door just came out of nowhere and almost took me out. And I looked in the rear, I was like, it's, it was there. It was actually a door, sir, sir. And it was like a one lane, um, it was a one lane road too. So I was like, oh my God, I can't even like go into a different lane to avoid this truck. <laughs> but it ended off like veering right into another street. And I was like, oh, I need to, I need to take a moment and just, I had to get myself some McDonald's to calm down. Cause that was very true. You need carbs after a scare like that. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> it's factually true. I don't know. Whenever I get scared, my mom goes, eat bread, eat bread. Carbs are supposed to help. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, and it reminds me also, you know, uh, I had something happen when I was in high school and I was driving back from high school because I used to go to high school in Boulder and I lived in Denver. And if you're from Colorado, that's like a 45 hour drive and driving on the highway in high school once. And these people had like all these carpeting rolls that were packed in plastic. And I was driving like this huge car basically. So, and I'm glad I was because a couple of them fell off and I ended up driving over them and got like all the plastic wrap wrapped up inside of like the bottom of the car. So I had to pull over and get the stuff out. And so once that happened, and I know a lot of people feel this way too, whenever I see like a plastic bag on the road, I have this weird fear of the plastic bag. And there's even like Hal Sparks, the comedian Hal Sparks, who was also in Queer as Folk. He did a whole like routine where he was talking about that, where people are scared of the plastic bag and you'll like swerve to avoid it, go in another lane. And especially if you drive over it and it never comes out the back and you're like, uh oh, where'd it go? <laughs> so it is those little things when you're driving along that you do think about. And I think people have those fears and they're just kind of there buried, you know, underneath the surface or they're just always thinking about them. But yeah. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to the great pop culture debate back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, 
the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. So I know we already talked about the opening, but is so then is the second one and the fifth one, are they tied for your favorite of the series overall, Kimberly? Or do you have a different favorite of the series? So I'm, I'm so indecisive. So no, they don't. So I think the third one might be my favorite. Like it doesn't take itself super seriously. It's got like some really good kills. They use music really well. That's the one that they do the song. Like there's someone walking behind you mm-hmm. and it's so creepy and perfect. Um, there's a character, I think his name is Kevin. Um, he has this line where he just goes like, fuck you, Ben Franklin. And it made me laugh so hard. And it's something that I still <laughs> say to this day. It just like stuck with me. But because I'm indecisive, the first one had like the best acting of all. Like Devin Zawa is amazing in that movie and like watching it again as like an adult he's playing someone who's like trying to connect all these dots and he's losing his mind Mm -hmm. like he's constantly sweaty he's mumbling to himself and when I was younger I was just like oh he's just stressed and it's like oh no he's stressed because he's trying to save everyone and figure out what's going on and his acting is like very very good in it so like somewhere between one and three is, is where I lie but I mean I feel like once I watch one, I got to watch all of them. So <laughs> that's kind of how I am. Yeah. Yeah. And and he was supposed to be in the second one, which, you know, they very unceremoniously kill off his character with a brick falling on him. I'm like, that's like, the, that's, that's almost like they're flipping him off. It just, to me, it seems kind of disrespectful. Um, but he, I think there was like a disagreement. I believe, I don't know the whole thing, but I saw on trivia that the disagreement was like between money or something and so that's why he wasn't in the second one because of course um clear which i still can never get over that name clear <laughs> i always want to say claire it's just uh because she comes back of course uh but you don't see alex come back because the brick fell and which is really i mean <laughs> i think it's kind of an f you to it which is kind of i don't know kind of irritates me but yeah so susie is three yours too then or two yeah i think i think out of all the movies in the series because the way that i rank them personally is because like one has the best acting the acting kind of like deteriorates and also the character writing also just really like drops off as you go along um but what i how i rate them is by kills so like which movie has like the most interesting kills for me personally so i think that would go definitely to to three like because the kills in that movie just always stuck with me a lot more than any of the others although there are like special standouts from each film i think three has like overall the most the funnest of murders (laughs) (laughs) the funnest of murders Uh, well, I think the first one will always be the best one to me. That's the one I've watched the most. Um, I think it's a little bit, it's better than the other ones. And we've already said because of acting wise. And then I also think script wise, it's a lot better. And one thing that has always bothered me so much about the first one, and it doesn't seem to necessarily be this way in the sequels a little bit, but not to the same degree, is the way people treat Alex after they get off the plane. 
is so infuriating to me because I'm like, he saved your flipping life. I understand being weirded out, but they treat him like he's the one that caused the plane crash. And that always irritates me every time I watch it, except for, of course, clear. But every time I watch it, I'm like, seriously, this poor, this poor kid. He's just this young guy who doesn't know what's going on. He's lost a bunch of his classmates. He's freaked out because he could predict it. And then you're going to treat him like trash. You know, like Miss Lumen being like, you scared the crap out of me and just not even wanting to talk to him and being interrogated by the police, which, or by air traffic control and the police, which I understand that, but it's like. Were they air traffic or were they FBI? Yeah, they were FBI. You're right. I was like, what are they going to do? Like, they're chasing him. They have their surveillance on him. It just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, you're taking this way too far. Like, it didn't make sense how long they searched him for. Like, this is a plane crash. I guess you have to do an initial investigation. But them interrogating him so much, like, only led to his paranoia. Like, because he was going crazy. And it's like, well, now he has a reason to because now the FBI is after him. Yeah, yeah. And it was just the way he, it was just so awful to me, the way the FBI one, I can excuse more of the way they treated him just because they're FBI and they're doing their FBI thing. But people that knew him and his classmates and everybody treating him so terribly was so hard for me. And every time I watch it, I get angry at all of his friends all every single time. So, yeah. And, and, and um, Devin Sawa, of course, was is in the Chucky series, so it ties into Child's Play as well that we've talked about him a couple of times. And he's pretty funny on Twitter as well, if if anyone follows him there. But yeah, he deserved Alex deserved a better death than a, than an off screen brick falling. <laughs> I'll always be mad about that. That just feels very like Looney Tuney ish. Yeah, like the, like the wily coyote just or the freaking uh, Roadrunner just dropped that on his head. Meep meep, and then ran. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. It does. So then, Kimberly, what's your least favorite? Uh, four or the final destination. Like it's got a stupid title. It's got a stupid opening scene. It's weirdly unnecessarily racist. Like they've got yeah. that redneck guy who like uses the N word, which was like crazy to me. But then like he's so mad about his wife's death that he's gonna like burn a cross on this dude's lawn. Like it just it didn't make any sense. There's other parts like there's. There's a an Asian nurse. There was like the hospital scene. There's like an Asian nurse, and he's helping this old man. And the old man is like, "Do you know how many of your kind I killed in the war?" And oh, these damn. two characters have nothing to do with anything. It kind of felt like they were just like, "How can we make this like make people uncomfortable with racism?" Like it it made no sense. And like everyone in this movie is either unlikable or forgettable. Like you could skip this one completely. Like it it, it has nothing to do with anything. The kills I don't even remember being. It, Except for the mom in the hair salon. Yeah, that one is that kill is good. But <laughs> everything else is like everyone's so annoying. Like there's like that weird misogynistic guy, the one who does in the pool. Like and like his death is like you're like okay, good because he's terrible. But that movie, like I I really hated that one. And like it was in 3D, and they go yep. really hard on the 3D. It's just it's I hate it. I hate that one. Like that could be erased from the whole franchise and i'd be cool with it yeah yeah Susie. yeah um in my head uh final destination 4 was never made it doesn't exist it's not, it's, it's not viable as an entry into the series 
it's uh it's like Kira said, it's just so bad. It's, like the acting is just terrible. There's not like a really like a not really any like likable characters and also the movie itself is just very forgettable as a whole. And I think I mean, yeah, it's not it's not good. And one thing I really oh god for, the CGI during the premonitions is just so bad. It's very like early 2000s. <laughs> And you can tell this it, it it's not even early 2000. It feels like when they just started getting into CGI, like right at like the tail end, I think of the 80s. Mm-hmm. It, it it feels very that. It's just uh, not good. And there's there's interesting like practical effect kills in the movie as well. But the thing that really like kills them is that they they overlap them with like CGI blood. Which makes like the original kill just really illegible. It's just it's and uh, all the the all the racist stuff. Ugh. It's like why there was no need. There was this is nothing to the story. What's I mean? There's no need to have that. And mm. no, I just we don't we don't believe that exists in this house. You go. It's one two three five. Oh, they skipped a number. Oh well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling we were all going to say this one because I don't see how you cannot say this one, honestly. I mean, granted, some of the other ones, I you know, aren't as great as the others, but they're all, for the most part, except for this one, they're all entertaining and they all do their job well. And this one just is awful. It's like they didn't even try. And then, yeah, like you said, Kimberly, it is very racist. I mean, the racism in this and... I don't know if they just decided they should do that because it's set, you know, at like a racetrack and because I don't know, people think NASCAR is racist or something. I don't know if that was their thinking, but it's still really weird and off-putting and just kind of gross. It's almost like they were like, we just want to get away with being racist. And so we're just going to do it in this and it'll be excused because we're going to kill the racists except for that random interaction, which had nothing to do with anything. So it is just like, I mean, cause yeah, you don't, when the redneck gets killed, you're like, good, what an asshole. But still there was no point in that. You didn't have to do that. And you know, so it is, I, and I do not like the opening. I think the opening is stupid. I don't care about the racetrack thing. It's the only one where I was like, well, this seems really ludicrous. This could never happen. <laughs> All the other ones, I'm like, I can see some logic behind this. But this one, I'm like, nah, I don't think this could happen. And who knows? Maybe it has. I know there are lots of accidents and deaths at racetracks. But like that kind of thing, I don't think so. And yeah, the acting is terrible. I don't, even though I did I did rewatch it for this, I don't even remember most of the kills except for the beauty salon one. Because the beauty salon one only cracks me up because all this stuff starts happening. And she doesn't get killed until she exits the beauty salon and that guys mowing the lawn and that thing comes flying at her and i just i love that because it's just like she's been such a kind of a bitch <laughs> up until that point too and you just don't care and i love that the guy who's riding on the the lawnmower just keeps mowing the lawn and singing along to the song he's playing in his headphones so other than that it's so completely forgettable and just feels doesn't even feel like it's part of the series it just feels like it kind of stole from the series so yeah okay well i want to know three of your favorite kills kimberly 
So I was going to say in no particular order, but like this one is. Um, it's the tanning bed scene from Final Destination 3. It's just like, it's, they're like very cute, happy girls. They're like a little bit dumb, but like, you know, they want to make people happy with their suntan, which I thought was kind of cute. <laughs> and it goes from like, oh, we're playing some cool music to, oh my God, what's happening? Oh my God, what's happening? Like, this is terrible. And then like when it fades into the twin caskets, perfect. Like, absolutely perfect i don't know who sat in that like writer's room and was like we have to make the training beds go into caskets or what has this all been about like it's so perfect like that one is my absolute favorite the other two like in no particular order um in final destination two um i think her name is cat when she's in the car and the airbag deploys and her head goes into the spear on the back of her seat because she's just she's such a funny character to me like she's cranky she's sarcastic like she just like doesn't really want to be there and her death is crazy because the paramedics are there like she's typically like she's she's safe right like Mm -hmm. she's out of this she just got saved she'd been so lucky like the spear was on the side of the seat and not directly behind her head and you think she's good to go and then boom airbag and now she's dead like that was just so crazy it was very unexpected to me so i really like that one and the last one was the lottery winner in Final Destination 2, because that one is such a slow burn. It's like, what's going to get him? Is it the magnet that fell in his food? Is it the garbage disposal? Oh, no, it's because he threw pasta out the window. Like, that one, I love that one, because it's such a slow, slow burn of, like, what are all the possibilities? And then it's the last thing that you would have ever thought of. The last thing. Like, again, he thought he was safe, and then that ladder just went, like, nope right in your eye like perfect so perfect Mm -hmm. yes 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 Susie yeah um so I feel really sad I just remembered what movie this was from and now I feel really sad equating this kill to 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 FD4 because I don't want this kill to belong to FD4 but it's like one of the things the only thing from that film that has stuck with me from like my childhood to now and it's also one of the key reasons why I will never go on escalators aside from the fact that they make me nauseous oh, but yeah. the, it's I don't know if it counts as a kill because it was like premonition but it's still like we saw it go down but that kill where like the escalator kind of like breaks open and the girl's falling into it and it just and it's like yeah that was oof that was gnarly stuff, man. Oof. And it's also why I won't go on escalators. And if I do, I'm wearing like the most non-shoelacy clothes, toe shoes ever. Because even as a kid, I had that fear. Like I would be like, let's go on the escalator. And I would have shoes with shoelaces on. I would go, I don't want to. Why? Somebody gets stuck and eaten. It's going to get me. <laughs> That's a very real fear, guys. <laughs> Well, my sister, not to add to your fear, but my sister, when she was a little kid, she was wearing a dress and she sat down on an escalator and the dress got caught. And so they had to like, yank. I mean, she was fine, but they had to yank it. Yeah. Yeah. So not to add to your fear. You know what makes it worse is at the Denver Museum of Natural Science. I think that's the full title of it here in, in, in Colorado. On the side of the escalators, they have it like opened where you can look into the inner machinations of what's going on on the escalators. And I, I always look at that and go, "That's not, that's not gonna help." <laughs> I'm just, I'm just getting a better look at my demise. <laughs> what was this? <laughs> I don't like it. 
Yeah. <laughs> the other kill would be like the gymnast kill in five where she's just she's spinning around on those I don't know they're not beams bars the the yeah yeah and she just flies off and then just just like just completely just folds onto into onto the floor but not in the way you'd expect yeah she turns into a human compact and just Mm. and the other one would be the the kill in Final Destination 3 when they're at like the what it, I don't remember what it was. What was it President's Day? Independence Day? Yeah, something, something when they're like at like that, the yeah. town fair or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the sign falls onto the golf guy and just it completely like fly swats him and just <laughs> treat, turns him into a pancake. It's, it's, it's going to sound really messed up, but that was really entertaining to see and just have it go. They have a couple deaths like that throughout the series where it is the pancake thing. I know. know. I feel like these, like, part of me feels like these movies, I feel like everyone who worked on these movies watched a lot of Looney Tunes as a kid (laughs) and was probably like, what if we added blood and gore? What if we made them, like, actually fatal? Because they do feel like if you took away all, like, the blood and gore and stuff, they could pass as Looney Tunes kills. Well, not lo- kills, but like Looney Tunes yeah. um, stunts. <laughs> There's a death in two um, where the kid gets squished by like the yes. glass window pane after like chasing the birds. That feels very Looney Tunes. Like I get what you mean. Like it feels like oh, this is a cartoon, but there's murder. Like it definitely feels like that. Yeah, the and cartoon the one, with yeah. stakes. <laughs> and and what's so funny about that death too is you're like, why did she yell pigeons? And why would the boy run after? Them? that was the other part that killed me i'm like it's not like he's like a four-year-old i don't know why he would chase the pigeons yeah it's later said that he's 15 but the thing the interesting thing about that actor is you don't really get a handle on his age range at all so he could be anywhere from like 13 or 12 to 20 because it's it's just very ambiguous until they tell you oh he was 15 years old so young (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it doesn't seem like it but but then also who among us would not want to chase pigeons and ducks you've never seen a group of ducks <laughs> a group of the canadian geese i've never wanted to run chase after them because they're mean you should man not chase geese yeah, yeah they're mean. Mean. I pro- listen i probably do this more than anyone also because I have a personal vendetta against Canadian geese because those suckers <laughs> robbed me of a, of a happy meal <laughs> in 2002. I was robbed. I was a sweet summer child just innocently eating my happy meal on a park <laughs> bench <laughs> and they took it from me. So more than anything, I have this vendetta against Canadian geese. I've had I had a seagull steal a peanut butter and jelly sandwich from me as a child on a beach. So Aww. I get your pain. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was sh- I was it was shocking. I was just eating my sandwich and then I wasn't, and the seagull was gone with it. I think I was probably like six or seven, but I, like I remember the feeling. <laughs> yeah, I was it, eating my chicken nugs with my fries, and then a horde of geese descended upon me. And my mother told me, "Give them the food, and then they'll leave us alone." And I was like. The toy didn't help heal the pain. I will say that. 
Aww. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just like, they are so mean. They can be so mean. That's like, there's no way I'm chasing them. I'd be like, okay, they're going to chase me back now. From now on, I'm going to be the target of all geese. <laughs> but I understand they, they took something from you and you can never forgive them. <laughs> yeah, can I get a, a slasher movie about someone who goes after Canadian geese? Oh my gosh. You, you see some like embittered just person sitting in a bar like just carving out a steak with an eye patch on and someone's like what happened to, what happened to Susie and then I just look up and go they took something from me <laughs> no there aren't enough happy meals in the world to make up for that <laughs> well uh <laughs> on that uh, off of that note um, no, I, I think actually in the first one, I think the first one actually does have some interesting kills. I think they're kind of forgotten about because they're not as creative necessarily as they are as the series goes on. But I do think uh, Miss Lumen's death in the first one is really interesting because it's also kind of sad because she's so sad and upset and guilt ridden. And just you watch all the preparation as she's making her tea and then, you know, and then you even see like a shadowy figure and then like her getting upset because she sees something having to do with the school and having to throw that and then throwing that towel on the butcher block and then getting stabbed and then Alex coming in. And I'm like, no, you don't try and pull out a knife. Everybody knows. And then eventually having the thing fall on her and push it in further um, and the whole death also making Alex look more suspect. So it's also interesting because I think. In that one, it's almost like some of these things that are happening, it's almost like death is trying to set up Alex. <laughs> trying to frame Alex for the murders. <laughs> so, and I don't think that happens in any of the other ones, but it kind of feels like that. Um, so I, I just have always liked that death as far as like, I think it's kind of like this one of the sadder ones, uh, just because I kind of felt bad for her. Even though I didn't like the way she treated Alex, I still felt bad for her. Uh, and then in and then I do echo what Kimberly said about the lottery winner. I think that one is that one's kind of hilarious because this first off, this guy is a total douche. Okay? <laughs> and all those messages he's getting from all those women that are like now love him because he's a lottery winner. And then watching it and going, why are you combining Chinese food with chicken nuggets? Is it like chicken nuggets? And then something else. I'm like, what are you eating? <laughs> Uh, that one, that one is just so interesting because then again, of course, you're thinking, you know, all these different things are going to get him. And I always, I have this thing whenever there is like a garbage disposal scene in a horror movie, I always cringe because I'm just waiting for something to actually happen. And nine times out of 10, nothing does, but you still get that fear and him wanting to save his stupid ring. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you kind of deserve this. <laughs> And then having it be the spaghetti that he threw out falling there and then <laughs> the thing coming down into his eye. I just, I don't know. I thought that was pretty, pretty neat. And then <laughs> also in the same one, and it's just because I have also have a thing about elevators. I'll take elevators, but elevators are kind of freaky. And when the mom of the boy who died after chasing after the pigeons, when she's in the elevator with 
the creepy guy who has all those hooks and he's like sniffing her hair is super creepy. And then they call, she gets called, it's going to be hooks. It's going to be hooks. And then the hook gets caught. And then she eventually, you know, dies in the elevator and elevators are just kind of freaky in a way. There's this video going around. I don't know if anybody else on my panel has seen it, but I saw it on Twitter a couple of times of this person who was trying to get off an elevator and then the elevator door started closing and going down. So he quickly jumps back into the elevator. It's freaky. It's really freaky because I don't know. I don't know. And when I was young, there was the show LA law when I was a little kid. And there is an episode of LA law (laughs) where one of the lawyers or someone is leaving, turning to leave and the elevator doors open, but the elevator's not there and they don't look and they just step and fall, kind of like how Joey's character died on Friends, <laughs> from Days of Our Lives on Friends. <laughs> so they fell down the elevator shaft. So I kind of always think of that. So, yeah. And I don't know if anyone's ever been stuck in an elevator, but it's. I have. Yeah, I freaky. got stuck in the elevator last Christmas and like the fire department had to come and like get me out of it. Mm-hmm. It was a nightmare. I'm claustrophobic. So it was not a good time. Like I was just kind of screaming and crying until they got there and then they were they were able to open it but it was like not enough space to like just get me out like they couldn't put a ladder down there so like a fireman climbed in I climbed on his back and then pulled myself the rest of the way out and it was horribly embarrassing and just so uncomfortable it was it was crazy but like I live in, I live on the 13th floor of a building. Like I gotta, I had to take that elevator the next day. Like, but I've never, I've always looked in. Like, I don't think I would ever walk into an empty elevator shaft. Like, I don't know. I wonder how often that actually happens. (laughs) I know. I hope it doesn't happen very often, but yeah. Yeah. I had to say, yeah, I got stuck in an elevator with my friend. We were leaving work and the elevator got stuck. So we did the calling, you know, help thing. And this was before cell phones were like huge. I think we had cell phones, but the reception in an elevator, you didn't get that. And they said, oh, yeah, we're going to call the firemen out there, but they'll be out there. Like, it might be like they're coming from Boulder. And this was like way south Colorado. They're like, it'll probably be like a couple hours. It was right around traffic time. We're like, we're going to be stuck here for a couple Luckily, that didn't happen. Luckily, the fire department did get there um, and they got us out. But it was one of those situations where it was like they did turn it off so it wouldn't all of a sudden run and kill you. But it still was freaky having to climb out of that elevator. <laughs> that was the first thing I asked. I was like, what if it starts moving? They're like, no, we turned off the power. And I was like, are you sure? Like, I <laughs> did not want to because it was a very narrow space. And I was like, mm, I'm not trying to get stuck and just like cut in half by this elevator. Like, you need to triple check that you turned off the power. Yes. Yeah, it's freaky. It's really freaky. As I mentioned in the opening, we are going to be spoiling the twist in the fifth film. So as you're going along, the fifth film, of course, opens with the bridge collapse, all this stuff. And it keeps going, going normal. There are little things dropped in that, you know, like stuff that was only around a certain time period, certain songs, certain stuff like that. And you've end up finding out because the very last scene is um the protagonist and the protagonist's girlfriend they're boarding a train a train a plane and they're going to go to paris and there's a commotion on the plane and it's the scenes from the very first final destination 
So what you're learning is the plane crash wasn't the very first time this had happened. The plane crash was happening because those two had avoided the death on the bridge collapse. So it, ra- it rounds back to tie, sorry, ties all in. So the fifth one ties in with the first one. So Kimberly, did you like the that little twist there? I loved it so much. And I remember being in the theaters and I was so shocked that I stood up. Like I was so confused. <laughs> I was so excited. It felt so perfect. Like the room went nuts. Like everyone in the theater loved it. It was like a very magical experience in that theater. I just feel like that ending was like respect to like the fans of the franchise. They're like, we see you. We know that you've been here for all of these movies, even the horrible fourth one. And we're rewarding <laughs> you with this like, last twist and like a reminder that like death works in mysterious ways like it looped it so perfectly mm-hmm. so that's i'm like all of this franchise is perfect because of how it ended like that loop was it's it i feel like it's something to call it magical but like <laughs> it was magical like it was such it was so well written like i don't think i've been that shocked in a movie in not ever but like it was one of the very very big shocks like i i didn't see it coming out like i didn't see all the things that you're saying like that were dropped through. I didn't see it at all. So like, I was completely shocked and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Susie. Oh, I think it was really cool. Like when, when I watched that movie for the first time, I didn't know that that was like the twist at the end. And luckily I, I didn't have it spoiled for me beforehand. <laughs> like, unfortunately some of my friends did and, but, but thankfully it didn't spoil it for me. But when I watched it and I, and I saw that I was like, yo, who oh, are you kidding? Oh my God, this happened. <gasps> and then uh, apparently like um, a friend brought this to my attention that I never even noticed it before until I told them that I was like watching them, rewatching them recently. But apparently the it also ties back to the fourth one because one character makes a comment that someone someone makes this offhand comment that one of the characters that was killed like to go to the racetrack where everyone in four died they like they like to go there a lot so it's i thought that was really interesting and like oh really that's cool because i i had no idea but to have it kind of like tie back and have this be kind of like a final like a full even though they're making a new one it does feel like a good closing to kind of like the whole series as a whole and it's it's a really fun plot twist. Yeah, I agree completely. And the little things that are peppered throughout, you don't notice them until you go back and you're looking for clues. And it is just little things like the cell phones they were used, certain songs that would be playing that were big at that time. Um, but they're so subtle that it's not like hitting you over the head with it. So you'd have to really, really be looking for that and be like, why is that there? Oh, it must be tied in. So I think they did it so well that it wasn't like something that you're like, oh, I figured this out from the very beginning. You know, it's just really cool because it also is like it also brings back the love for the first one, I think. And it also shows that like this has been happening for a long time and it wasn't just the plane crash. And so I just I I loved it. I thought it was perfectly done. Um, It was a great way to end it. And I mean, yes, as we've said, it's not the end. There is a sixth one coming out. Um, But I did like that a lot. I liked how it tied in and it just kind of took you back to, it was like a love letter to the whole series and to people that have watched that far. So yeah, I liked it a lot. 
So I do want to talk about the one that is coming up and getting everyone's thoughts on it. And if you do want it and if you are, if you have any wishes or anything, um, and just to let you know, sort of the plot synopsis right now on IMDb, there's no cast yet or anything. So not sure, but it is about a group of first responders that escape death's grasp. So it's going to involve first responders. It's written by Guy Busick and Lori Evans-Taylor. I think Jeffrey Reddick, who of course created the series, is involved. It's directed by two people, <laughs> Zach Levesky and Adam Stein. Um, and I'm trying to see if they did anything else. It's, well, there's this movie called Freaks that Zach directed and Adam did. So I guess they work together a lot. Um, so I, I think this is kind of funny. So the two directors that are directing it, they got the job by faking their own death on a Zoom call. <laughs> I think that's pretty genius. And um, Jeffrey Reddick has teased that the next movie switches up the franchise formula a bit. So knowing that, that it switches up the formula a bit and that there is a sixth one coming, do you have any wishes for this one, Kimberly? So I didn't know, like, you're letting me know for the first time that there was gonna, there's going to be a sixth one. And I'm like, oh. I don't, I don't think we need it. I think that the, the other movie tied everything up so well. I mean, it, is it going to be a reboot or is it just, I, mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't need it. But if there needs to be one, I hope that it's less misogynistic than the other ones. Like three in particular had like a bunch of very gross characters, like that Frankie Cheeks character who was just yeah. like a weird sex pest. Like I think that they tried to um, make characters characters like unlikable so their death would be more entertaining. But I think that they need to be a little bit more clever about that. Like you don't just have to make them a weird sexist. Um, but I don't know. I maybe more female leads would be helpful too. And I think I enjoy the movies more when there was a female lead, but also mm -hmm. they could just not do it. <laughs> they could just not make it. And that, that would be fine too. Yeah. Or bring also, back Devin Sawa. See, see what that's about. I don't know. That, that would be interesting. Yeah. That would be very interesting. You could have him play a different character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He could be, be like the Tony Todd character. <laughs> Oh, yes, 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 which we haven't mentioned. So I will, after we're done with this, I will give everyone a chance to say any other thoughts they want they have about this series too, because I know I made this very brief outline. Um, and it's nice for my editing brain. <laughs> but, <laughs> so Susie, are you happy? Do you have any wishes, thoughts? I mean, I more than anything, I just... I would love for the characters to be well written because yeah. they've they've mostly been written. I think this is also kind of like a symptom of so early 2000s horror movies or even mid 2000s had this really annoying habit of just being kind of really mean and writing their characters to be kind of mean or unlikable. And I would really love it if like the new one would have like likable characters, ones who rather than kind of like cheering for their death we feel we, we feel sad and we're like oh that was a really cool person like <laughs> death no <laughs> but yeah just as as kimberly said like some more female leads would be great have it be less misogynistic but again unfortunately i think that like with the earlier thought destination films that was sadly a product of the early 2000s of just 
not being the nicest. But just overall, just just give me better written characters, please. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Because as the series went on, it really, really became evident that, this, that it was now just about the kills and the kill count. And it wasn't at all about having well-written characters or a well-written storyline. I mean, I do think it's interesting with the fifth one, how they explored, you know, having a having the Tom Cruise look like. <laughs> That's what I like to call him because he looks so much like Tom Cruise, like a young Tom Cruise. But having him be like, well, then I'm going to take it in my own hands. I'm going to start killing people. You know, and that's how I will get saved is if I kill somebody. And I thought that was a really interesting twist. And if they explored that more, I think that might be interesting because I, they never really explored that too much of like, you know, well, uh, you know what? This is how I'm going to save myself by killing someone. And, you know, whatever. It's just going to happen. And I just thought that was an interesting little thing that they added in there. So if they were to explore that more, I'd like that. But yeah, written better and... Yeah, that would be the big thing. And, you know, if it's going to happen, having it not actually have anything to do with the other ones and be like a reboot and be like a fresh take would be nice, too. I do think it's interesting that it's going to be first responders. That sounds kind of cool to me. But, yeah, I I, I agree. Okay, well, I want to ask, Kimberly, is there anything else you want to add about the series? Anything else you want to mention? No, you're making me think that the, the fifth one did open a bunch of interesting theories like there's the i don't remember his name but he's the black guy who like kind of kills the guy who works for him who's like racist yeah but like he gets his life force or he gets his his times on his time on earth but that guy had like a brain tumor so like he dies very shortly that's a very interesting concept and get any more of that that would be very interesting if the new the new reboot like leaned more towards that or I don't know, maybe it's in the novels. I, I'm very, and I didn't know there were novels either. So I'm like very interested in that too. Um, and I definitely what everybody said about like the characters not being fleshed out enough. Like that would be really nice if the new thing had like more fleshed out characters. I feel like we didn't even know anyone's jobs. Like the fourth one, like what did anyone do? You know, true. <laughs> yeah. the fifth one, at least you, you know, the guy like ran a restaurant and, you know, you learned a little bit more, but um. Yeah, I think the franchise as a whole, I I loved it. I, I love all of it all together. I feel like you kind of need to watch all of it. You can't just watch like here and there. Um, but that's if you have the time. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Susie? Oh, yeah. I think just as another kind of like a really fun mention for me is I freaking love Tony Todd and him being this kind of like, oh you can't escape death it's always gonna get you and then just like disappearing again like (laughs) just becoming I like to think part of me likes to think that maybe he's either kind of like an agent of death or something and just has something to do it's like hey we know what's going on You you think you're gonna escape this but guess what you can't it's gonna come for us all like I, I just think that's a lot of fun, and also as a fun little aside, before I ever watched the fifth movie, um, throughout the whole franchise, I very much had this idea that death was just a like a bumbling kind of like newbie, where like the first series of events happened because it was like their first day on the job. They were really excited, and then oh no, 
they lost some people their itinerary like their whole checklist isn't done now they have to like Rube Goldberg everything to get people to die and they're like I can't really just kill them kill them because that's not fun but if I just like spice things up a little bit just throw this throw this their way and then as it goes on either that or just you know when you deal sometimes with office jobs they get a little monotonous and you know maybe he wants to add some fun spice in there it's like what if I just <laughs> make these kills really complicated and fun not for anyone else but just for me I'm doing this for me. <laughs> Add some spice. Because <laughs> yeah. he's been alive for like millennia. He needs to, they yeah. need to keep it spicy. <laughs> yeah. And Tony Todd, you can tell he's having such a blast doing this. So I would actually like to see him back somehow. So I'd like to see him back just because he's just, I, I love Tony Todd. I mean, who doesn't love Tony Todd? I mean, and you can tell he's just like, <laughs> just some of the ways he does things and laughs about it. And, you know, when he's standing over the bodies and embalming them and doing all that kind of, you know, when he's pulling out that ring that like the nose <laughs> And you can tell he's having so much fun doing it and like, you know, really giving them a hard time and, you know, really playing with them by, by doing that. So, yeah, I'd love to see him back. Um, yeah, not much else more to add i just think the this is a fun fun series of movies you can watch these right now on hbo max by the way they did leave hbo max and they came back so we'll see how long they stay there but you can watch all of them there and even though the fourth one is absolutely atrocious i would say you might even be able to skip the fourth one but i you know but you know you can sit there and watch all of them and it's it's a fun watch and a fun day and um, but yeah, I would love to see better character development from now on, but yeah. And, and, oh, and it just popped into my head and I hope they never do this. Maybe I shouldn't even put it out into the universe, but please never, ever do some weird route where all of a sudden you give a face to death or like show death somehow, or some kind of, that just popped in my head. And I'm hoping I'm not like cursing things by saying that, but I would hate that because it works so much better. That's faceless and you don't ever know so putting that out there okay well i don't know if kimberly did a six degrees of finwit rock it's totally fine if you didn't of course i did yay yes. <laughs> i am a very good student i'm gonna answer all the questions um and i had fun with it but then i i figured it out too easy so i went with ali lauder from fun destination one and two she was in jay and silent bob strike back with ben affleck who was in Deep Water with Finn Whitrock. That movie is terrible, though. Yes. It's so bad. <laughs> I was so disappointed because I was like, everyone in this movie seems so good and it's so bad. <sighs> yes, it is. Yes, we did a special thing about that because we do special things for Finn on this podcast. And yes, as we also like to call it, the snail propaganda film. <laughs> Yes, yes. So, Susie, yes, I'm very excited about this one because when I had when I was like doing it and, and I got to the to to the to the one to the final bit to the sixth degree, so to speak, I was like, <laughs> that it, I was very happy that I was able to do this. Okay, so I went with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is in Final Destination Three. She was also in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter with Alan Tudyk 
who was in Aladdin, the 2019 Aladdin remake with Frank Welker, who was in Scoob with Maya Erskine, and she was in Allergic to Flowers with Raphael Goldstein, who was in Le Dernier, Le Dernier Tour with Finn. And it's also, fun fact, Finn's first ever kind of like film credit. It's kind of like the first movie he ever did, and it's also a short film. Wow, that was a really good one. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was determined. I was like, okay, I want to try to link this back to his like first movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's yes. Yes. Well, thank you both. I'm so happy that Kimberly played too, because I always get excited when everybody plays because it, it just it's so much fun. So thank you. And yes, eventually the song will be there. As you know, Carla already has the lyrics. Go listen to our Last Boys episode. And she does an acoustic version of some of the lyrics from the the Six Degrees of Finwit Rock song that will be coming soon, I promise. Well, I used Devin Sawa, who was in the movie The Fanatic with John Travolta, who was in Face Off with Nicolas Cage, who was in The Amazing Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which was co-written by Finn Wittrock's cousin. And it's also because of that movie that we play this game, if you don't know that, because I saw that in Finn Wittrock's Instagram story, shared that with my Finn crew, and then Susie mentioned that we should play Six Degrees of Finn Wittrock, and then I decided we're going to add that as a segment. So that is why that happened. So I always like it when I can connect it to that movie because that's the reason we play that game that I love so much. So thank you both for playing along. And remember, if you want to play the listener version of Six Degrees of Finn Wittrock, head on over to our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. Click on the page titled Six Degrees of Finn Wittrock. You'll see there your four choices. Connect Finn in six degrees or less to those. And you could win some It's a Fandom Thing merch. If you are one of the few people that actually liked Deep Water, a reminder that we do have It's a Snail thing in our Redbubble store. <laughs> I just laugh every time when I remember that Aaron A. created those. So, <laughs> But yes, it's a terrible, terrible movie. Sorry, Finn. We know your birthday's coming up, so apologies. <laughs> so thank you both to Kimberly and Susie for this fun time. I really enjoyed talking about these movies. So Kimberly, if you want to let everybody know where they can find you and your podcast. Um, so you can find me mostly on Instagram and my handle is Kim Plains underscore NYC. Um, you can listen to my podcast, Big Reputations, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's about women that we judge too harshly. Episodes drop every other Wednesday. And you can find us on Twitter under Big Rep Pod or on Instagram under Big Reputations Pod. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Susie? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore crafting underscore cryptid. And in my bio, um, I also have linked my dog's Instagram, my my lovely fur little menace, whose fur I cry into when I get too emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also find me on the bird app at, at Suzy Q underscore SC. <laughs> I like that you did the little whistle there. <laughs> That was funny. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. 
on Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us by heading on over to our website, it's a fandomthingpod.com, clicking the contact us button there, and that'll shoot me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And next week, we are wrapping up Horror Month. I feel like we just started Horror Month, but we're wrapping it up. It makes me sad. But we're going to wrap it up with talking about the Purge series. Both Kimberly and Susie will be back for that one. And then the very last thing we're going to talk about is going to be a little bit heavier than some of the things we've been talking about this month. But we are going to discuss horror movies that involve cults. So once again, I'm giving homework to my listeners. If you want to take me up on it, you don't have to watch all of the cult movies out there. But I do highly, highly recommend you try to watch the movie The Invitation before that episode drops on Friday, October 28th. Because I think that is an incredible horror movie anyway. And I just always want to throw out a recommendation for it. And plus, it's one that I will definitely be talking about a lot on that episode. And you can watch that two places. So you can watch The Invitation on Shudder, which we love Shudder on this podcast, or you can actually also watch it on Peacock. So you've got two ways to watch that amazing horror movie. I don't know if Susie's watched it yet because she is going to be on the one about Colton. So is Tiff. So I don't know if she's watched that yet. And Kimberly, have you watched this movie? I have. It is fantastic. It was a, hey, this movie looks kind of cool. I'll watch it like Sunday afternoon. And it was so good. I've like seen it like three times since. So like I always show it to people. It's very good. It's a slow burn. It's a good one. Yes. It's very slow burn. And the final scene, the final, oh my gosh, it's so creepy. So <laughs> it is. It's very slow burn. And that's one of the reasons I love it so much. So hopefully Susie will get it in before the episode. <laughs> yes. So, and then also just a reminder that tomorrow night, since this is dropping on Friday the 21st, is night three of our horror trivia event. And this one is going to be packed. So we are going to be talking about women in horror. So we're going to be talking about final girls, scream queens, uh, women who can be killers too, and female directors and writers of horror films. That's going to be part of the trivia. And we have the hosts of Sort of Brilliant Podcast. And then Rebecca, who won like, oh my gosh, our last horror trivia night. It was a close game between Rebecca and Paula, but Rebecca, man, she really kicked some major butt there. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. And then Tiff is going to be on that one as well. And we might even have some other people popping in for Women in Horror Trivia. So that's on our YouTube station on October 22nd at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And again, remember, if the contestants don't get certain questions correct, it's up for audience and listeners to grab it and then later give us the answers. And if it's correct, you could win some stuff and you can Google the answers. So it's not that difficult, <laughs> most of them. So, yep. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and stop Asian hate. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.